0: Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined as always by my co-host, the editor of smoking Cuban, and writer at Mavs.com, Isaac Harris. Never gonna win again, never gonna win a game, and we're gonna keep on tanking forever. Never gonna get those wins, lottery balls until we get a topic, I'll tell you. It could be Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton. Oh my gosh, you really, you really did this. Best top guy? No, I just made that off the top of my head.
1: Uh, I was like, oh crap, he wrote an actual parody. No,
0: no, I did not. That was just
1: guys. Listen, that's a free one. If y'all do not know, <laughs> Nick is the king of parodies. He, his first glory days before covering the Mavericks was a Lakers parody that got taken down by and Kanye West. Because it was so good. Not really
0: really Kanye West, but
1: his his label did. He has other ones, and you need to check him out on YouTube because they're all great. So if if we can convince him to do a Mavericks one soon. I did a a
0: couple for Fanatic last year.
1: No, we don't count that. We count (laughs) post-Fanatic life.
0: I've written three this year, but I just haven't. Does Fanatic
1: have anybody? Do they? No, just kidding. (laughs) Do they have any writers? They have a ton. They have like 50 writers now. They're cool, but they cover like every sport in Dallas, right? The wings? They cover the wings, don't they?
0: No, barely. I'm the only person that wrote an actual article about the wings. What was it about how good Skylar Diggins was?
1: She's good. She might be <laughs> my favorite basketball player. <laughs> Besides Alonzo? No. No. <laughs> I did write Alonzo and LeVar Ball parody last night, though. Oh my gosh, stop it. I'm not even going to let you talk about that. Let, let's get something else out in the air. What is what's up with the beef between you and Mavs Trump? <laughs> so there's this Twitter account Mavs Trump, yeah, right?
0: There's yeah, there's Mavs Trump. There's a whole bunch of apparently like every, like a bunch of teams people decided to do like Bucks Trump or like Knicks Trump or Lakers Trump, you know. Which like, I think is
1: I think it's actually kind of funny. Cavalier,
0: it's funny for like a week. And so the Mavs Trump, it's basically tweets about that team. So it tweets about the Mavericks in the style of Donald Trump. So <laughs> yeah. like using the word sad or, you know, making fun of people or name calling or just saying that this is not something that it, that really is true. And like, I don't know. I thought it was funny at first. I was like feeding him. I was DMing him like stuff that he could say and he wasn't taking it because I don't know. doesn't know how to, doesn't know how to really use his platform, I guess. And uh, but then after a while, it's was just kind of, you know, eh.
1: yeah, it just get, I mean, it, the the bit gets old after a while. I, f- I follow him on Twitter and I see different times he'll like tweet at you and he'll like call a name or something. And I can't tell if it's like in fun or if y'all have like a legit beef <laughs> and I laugh. I muted him a while ago. I'm going to be honest. Oh, Nick, this guy's over here throwing punches and you're just like, I don't even know he's throwing punches. And well, I only saw it today because Captain Jackass <laughs> retweeted it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and He's I saw him follow. Yeah, he is.
0: Uh, uh, he actually tweets about Mavericks stuff. That's like that's I keep yeah. people in my my Mavericks list on Twitter that actually tweet about Mavericks. And uh, there you go.
1: Wait, you have lists on Twitter?
0: I have lots of lists. They're all they're all lists. private
1: though. My wife uh, got on my Twitter yesterday when the Fergie tweet happened, and she's like, "Do you know how many lists you're on?" It's like no, I don't even know how to look at it. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can she's look. She's like sc- scrolling down through there. I'm like, I'm in a bunch of random lists, like just the weirdest lists. Like I love waffles.
0: Like okay, a bunch of them are normal, like NBA writers, NBA beat writers. Yeah. Mavs, Mavericks, Roto Den.
1: Major publications that cover teams home and away. <laughs>
0: Podcaster 5 is a list that I'm on. I'm on the list called Jazz Lovers. I'm on a list called DeAndre Jordan. I'm on a list called what? Shackton. Why <laughs> I'm jazz on a list lover? called Hip Hop. <laughs>
1: what the heck? These
0: are lists that people put me on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Something came out today. And uh, if you haven't heard yet, the Mavericks are tanking. I have, <laughs> I have one again. I have one now. I have won the battle, the war. This is what the Mavericks are doing.
1: You have won the battle and war. What was the battle and war?
0: No, just I was saying that the Mavericks should probably tank,
1: and you were saying that they shouldn't. Huh. I think you would. Wow. Well, I think you had. I think you determine a winner dependent in like five years or yeah. like ten yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. If they, if these, if the results of the tanking equals a championship or
0: something that's kind of what i wrote about today it's going to go up uh today probably like tuesday at noon i think it's going to go up uh i kind of wrote like how you know they've talked they've been talking about tanking they've admitted to tanking now and then how are they going to land the plane you know like how are they going to land it and how are they going to kind of emerge from that because you look at I mean, you even look at the Suns. They haven't they haven't, you know, gotten back since 2000 oh, since 2012 when they top. when they traded Nash. They haven't, you know, the, the magic have been like completely lost since 2011 when they, you know, traded Dwight Howard. The Kings have been just a dumpster fire for <laughs> for a long time. They I mean, they have so many yeah. issues, but the reason why we're talking about this today and the reason why we're not going to do our top 10 draft rankings is because Mark Cuban went on Dr. J's podcast, the legend. Guess what? The Dr. legend Dr. is on. The six-year-old that can still dunk. Julius Irving's podcast is called House Call with Dr. J. He could
1: narrate my life, by the way, and I would be like totally fine. It would be great. Cuban was fangirling like real hard. Yeah, on he was me. real hard. Yeah, it was yeah. great.
0: He you could tell like there there are very few interviews that Cuban does where he's like happy to be there. You know, like where he's more happy to, to talk to the the host. Then the host is happy to talk to him. Like, that just never happens to him anymore. Yeah. But it did. <laughs> and you guys should all go listen to it because it's really funny. So uh, so they start talking, you know, about all this stuff. And then they start talking about how Cuban is a player's owner. And Cuban talks about transparency and how he likes to just be up front with, the, you know, with players and the front office and all that. And then he goes on and says this. And this is the reason why we're talking about tanking today. While nobody is perfect, no coach is perfect, no organization is perfect, I try to be really transparent. I'm probably not supposed to say this. Now, let's stop right there. (laughs) Anytime you say that, you probably shouldn't say whatever you're about to say. No, no, no. I take it the opposite (laughs) way. Anytime Cuban says that, he absolutely wants you to hear this. He absolutely thinks that he should be saying this, and this is what he wants to say.
1: Well, that that is very true, and- Let's just say that it is not a coincidence that he said this now. And I'll leave that at that. It's not more, a coincidence. There's more to that, but I can't say it on the podcast. But there's. Wow. There's
0: big time me and all of our listeners all No, at once.
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's <laughs> they're, like they're, there's a method to the madness. There always is with, with LeBron, with Cuban, and everything.
0: Oh, yeah. Can no, you know, definitely. He, he's a savvy public figure. He knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, so yeah. he, he continues and says, but I just had dinner with a bunch of our guys the other night. Here we are, not competing for the playoffs. And I said, look, losing is our best option. They hated hearing that. But at least I sat down and explained it to them. I explained what our plans were going into the summer, what, that we're going, we're not going to tank again. This is like a year and a half of tanking, and that was too brutal for me. Being transparent, that's the key to being a quote unquote player's owner. We want the players to understand. As a player, even though you might not agree, at least you respect the fact that someone took the time to talk to you and understood their perspective. You're going to give me your feedback, but you're part of the process." Okay, so, you know, good point of view from Cuban, yeah, you want to be upfront with everybody, you want to tell people, what you, you know. You want to understand perspectives, Like that's all really good stuff. The stuff we care about is that they said that he's like, Yes, you know, the the buzzword and the the you know, the headline that's gonna go all over the place is look, losing is our best option. That's what everybody's gonna look at, that's what everybody's gonna yeah. say. And it is, I mean, at this point it is their best option. <laughs> you know, it's it's kinda that's, that's arguable. The only tangible
1: I can't, I can't completely agree with that.
0: I think the only head. tangible production that they can get out of this season is a good draft pick. And what other tangible product, production can they actually get from this season?
1: I think developing Dennis Smith Jr., I think you can develop him at a better rate when you're trying to win games with the best talent around him.
0: You know what would be a good development and for Dennis Smith Jr.?
1: It's not just throwing him out there with, with our end of the roster guys and say, do your thing.
0: You know what would be a good development for Dennis Smith Jr.? You know it would help his development? Throwing somebody else out there with him is actually really, really good and it's going to help him and grow with him. That work, has worked really well for, you know, the Sixers guys.
1: That's worked really well for the Thunder guys. Yeah, I mean, it'll of help, course, him. It'll help you know. him next year for sure. But I'm talking about, like, now. Definitely. So I think I think Dennis Smith Jr. would be a better player at the end of this year going into next year if he finishes out the year playing alongside Dirk, Barnes, Wes, and those guys compared to playing two halves, you know, two quarters a game with Collinsworth and Salah. If that makes sense, we can disagree, and I wow, can disagree. Shots with- fired to Kyle Collinsworth. No, we love him, but like <laughs> you get my point. To me, yeah. that I I think I see both sides, but I don't fall on that. That means more to me because I, this might be hot takeish, but I think Dennis will be the better long term prospect than whoever we draft this coming summer, even if it's Luka Doncic. Well, you're not that high on him. Oh, no no not that high. I have him like two or three. My whole thing with Luca is But you don't think he's like I, transcendent player like I don't think he's transcendent because I think they should draft somebody based off like if they're if we're setting at one, I like I want the ball in Dennis's hands and I want the offense running through him. Not the I don't like Dennis off the ball. So yeah, and I want our offense going forward, and I think Luca is maximized at his best when the ball is in his hands, like a Giannis or LeBron or something like
0: that. Yeah, it's like we talked about before. You either you're either going to pick a guy that's you know you're going to marginalize the the better player by putting him out of position, or you're going to to maximize a different player, or you're going to maximize one player and marginalize another player by putting them out of position, and it does it does it for both with Luca and Dennis. Now I think Carlisle can figure it out. <laughs> I think that, that definitely they can make that work. Uh, and we'll talk about who we want them to draft. But going back to the conversation, going forward, I think that I agree with Cuban, you know, losing is our best option. And since Cuban agrees with me, I feel like that I'm on the right side
1: of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you're on the right side for sure. Like right now, I think you can't prove right or wrong until if there's like a title in ten years. something. and these guys.
0: And the reason why I kept saying tangible production is because there are definitely intangible things that come into play that I I really do think that that come into play in a sense of like culture and if you're just an awful team like those some of those seventy sixers guys just they couldn't take yeah. the culture like like I think. Jaleel Okafor, I think, yeah. is, was a product of that. I think Michael Carter Williams was a product of that. I think there's a bunch of players that went in there. Now, some of them transcended it, obviously. Joel Embiid was going to be a monster wherever he went. Ben Simmons is going to be a monster wherever he went. You know, <laughs> you see, Nerlens Noel, I think, is kind of a product of that. And there's these guys that just have, you know, this crazy ceiling but never could really hit it because of the pro- of their product of their situation and their environment. And so there are other examples of that too. I mean, the Sacramento Kings, how many players have they cranked out the last 10 years? Boogie, he transcended his situation, and that's kind of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's just not many. There's somebody that I'm forgetting, obviously. Somebody's going to be like, oh, what about this guy?
1: But- and and when, when it goes into the losing thing, what we're talking about, here's my thing. In my opinion, like I said, I think Dennis will be a better player at the end of the year based you know off what I said a while ago. So what if they go the opposite direction and lose the rest of the year? They don't put him out there with the best players, with Wes and Barnes and all of them. We lose all these games. We draft a guy, and that guy turns into a Thabit or an oh, Alex Lynn. Oh, good Lord. Uh, Alex No, I'm just saying, like, these guys were drafted in the top three, top five. It's possible. And they turn into that. So, is it worth it? Is it worth, for me, is it worth stunting Dennis's development the rest of the year if you get a player that flames out in two years and we look back on it? That's all I'm saying. Do I understand the higher you get in the draft, you have a better possibility of getting an Anthony Davis or something like that? I get that. I'm not dumb. But for me, it's just. Yeah, it's not as cut and dry, like, and I know a lot of people come after me about that, but, like, there's a chance. Like, since 2010, these are top five picks since 2010 that are, however you want to say, top five picks. I'm not going to name all of them, but, like, Evan Turner, Derek Favors, Wesley Johnson, Derek Williams, Valanchunas, Michael kidd Gilchrist, Thomas Robinson, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Exum, Okafor, Hazonia, Bender, even Markel Foltz. All these guys, like our wow, guys, Mark Hill. are these guys our top five picks. That but prior to that, their team sucked that whole year. The fan base and everything endured the the drudge through all of that to get an Alex Lynn. And get we're super a, excited about those guys at the time. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. That's why I'm saying like it never and like we all we all hear the. Donovan Mitchell is at thirteen, you know Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, like all these people. Yeah. So that that's my only thing is, it's it's not a guarantee. And when you start messing with a development, and I know you're looking at, you know, somebody was looking at me saying, Isaac, it's just 22 games or 23 games, like whatever. That's exactly and,
0: what I'm looking at. You're about to say.
1: <laughs> it's st- it's still to me, it still like means something in that development of saying. We want to try to win ball games, putting you in a winning situation. So,
0: have the Mavericks done anything thus far to stunt Dennis's growth?
1: Um, I mean, you're basically saying, are, do you have you have you do you disagree with anything Carlos done did this year? And I, I think we've been a little bit open with that. I think the rotations have been kind of weird, and I think them something that has been pretty obvious them trying to play him off ball um stuff like that and so stunt his growth hmm, I wouldn't go that far but I wouldn't say in it's been a perfect ride this year
0: Yeah no not a perfect ride by the way do, do you know what Dennis's middle name is I didn't no. I didn't know this till I was just looking at his basketball reference page no. Dennis Cliff Smith
1: Jr. Cliff? Makes D- me think of Home Alone. D C Cliff? DCSJ. Huh?
0: DCSJ. So I don't think they've done anything egregious. I'll, I'll put it this way. I don't think they've done anything egregious to stunt his growth. They haven't done anything you know, yet to where I would look at it and be like, you know, like Okafor, they're just not playing him. Or, you know, yeah, or yeah. New Orleans Noel, they draft another, like, two more, they draft another center to, you know, that would stunt, you know, that would definitely stunt growth if they try to play him out of position. Like, let's say Carlisle was playing him, you know, 45% of his minutes at two guard. You know, like, stuff like that, I think, would, would stunt his growth. There hasn't been anything egregious like that. I think Carlisle's done a pretty good job for somebody that's never really ever, ever done this before. Yeah. So, they've done it for 50 games, And now they're going through the next 20. And I don't know. I'm kind of on the camp right now that I trust Carlisle to handle the situation, to handle, you know, he's now at least had one terrible losing season to handle his starting point guard and to not stun his growth, to still challenge him, to still challenge him to do things in games, to still challenge him in practice, to still, you know, do things for him that are going to help him grow. And then when – you get a player like, let's say they get Aiton, or you know they get a you know Bamba, or they get somebody Jaren Jackson, somebody that's gonna actually help this franchise moving forward. That's gonna help Dennis leaps and bounds, I think, and that's what you know they're talking about. He's talking about again. It was like this is our best option because yeah. I think that it accelerates the growth of the entire franchise and the, the group can grow together. Whereas Dennis is kind of, he's kind of on an island right now, a little bit. Like, you know, he's kind of on his his island of potential. If everybody on the Mavericks had an island of potential, Dennis's would be the biggest.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree, hundred percent.
0: Dirks would be just a vast like continent that's already like seen <laughs> its you know better days. Kind of.
1: It's like Mount Everest. It's like
0: <laughs> Australia.
1: <laughs>
0: Australia. Dennis is like an island. Like uh oh what's that island from the even Stevens movie? It's just got all this stuff going on. <laughs> there's all these things, there's things you didn't expect to see there, all this potential. And uh and Dirk is Australia.
1: <laughs>
0: so but but then going to the next part of this this quote that I, I think is, is interesting that we should talk about, he says I explained what our plans were gonna be this summer. Now We will talk about what we think the Mavericks' plans are going to be for the summer a lot. We got a lot of podcasts between now and the draft. We got a lot of podcasts between now and free agency. I'll count them at some point, (laughs) just because we did it last. We did it last time uh, till the next draft, I think, and it was like it was an incredible amount, like 200 podcasts or something. (laughs) I mean, there's so many. There's so much time for us to talk about that. So we won't get into all of it today, and I know you guys want us to. But then he says, "We're not going to tank again." What does that tell you?
1: Um. Well. Well, you're asking me, and like I'm immediately going to go back to a piece that I tweeted out today that I wrote back like three or four months ago. That it, there was. I had this theory that there was this. It was this two year rebuild of that it was going to be just two years. It was a mini two year rebuild. They looked at both of the drafts, 2017 and 18. They had the ninth pick. They seen how point guard heavy it was. They knew that even if they had players like um, Collins or somebody on the board that they liked, they knew they could probably get their point guard now in the 2017 draft. Don't like really upgrade your roster over the summer. Don't get any of the mid-tier free agents like the Ben McLemores or Tyreek Evans that we liked, and we're like, why are we not doing this? And then they go into the season with the same roster, basically, knowing that 2018, that it's full of non-point god prospects at the top and that can possibly pair with Dennis. So, and just looking at it, it and then my the second piece that kind of builds off that that I wrote just like a week or two ago was How All Roads Lead to the 2000 Summer, the summer of 2018, and how the past two years have all been building up to this coming summer. When you have two cornerstone draft picks and Dennis and the new draft pick, you still have Barnes around. Dirk might come back for another year, and then you have all this cap space. So it's just like it's like preparing two years for this huge Thanksgiving dinner. And this this summer, all the plates are going to be set out. The food's going to be at the table. It's just a matter of what food's going to go on the plate. And we'll see. I mean, we've said before on the pod like it cap space is is different now. And if you want to come at me and say, we've tried for free agents before. Okay, cool. Lou Williams got $8 million a year. It's different. Yeah, it is. It okay. is different. And I thought one of the most low key parts of that that podcast with Dr. J is he Cuban cuts himself off. He said, we're going to chase and then goes into a different like thought. Hmm. And he didn't finish the sentence. And. You know, they're, they're going to chase it this year, whether it's Boogie. I think he was you know, going to say like, LeBron.
0: We're going to chase LeBron until he decides <laughs> to come to Dallas.
1: <laughs> I, you know, whether, whether it's Boogie or whoever it is, or what, you know, some of us think it's going to, you know, might be some of these restricted free agent guys throwing some big money at them. And, you know, this summer is going to, I think it's going to be completely opposite than last summer. It's time to push for the playoffs next year. And some people, that's going to make them mad it is but like tanking is
0: uh, i like i like the idea of a push for the playoffs if the team is constructed the right way like if the team is is set up and i feel like they have enough potential to take it a step further where playoffs isn't their peak like just making the playoffs is their peak you know what i mean
1: you don't want just making the playoffs to be their peak
0: no like it like i think you know if if they get if they have a team. cuz see i
1: i want Dennis in a playoff series oh no definitely even, no, even no. if it means next year they're like the 7th seed 8th seed i want them there
0: but i don't and want that to be like okay this team has now peaked you know like they've made the playoffs and i don't see how this team could get better you know there's not like yeah. two players with with unlimited potential there's not you know these other guys you know there's a guy that is an established like all star, a really good player on the team. There's not like these these things in place, set pieces in place that can push but I could the, team see the even fan farther. base though.
1: I could see the fan base saying, let's say this summer we get DeAndre Ayton into draft. And then we go out in restrictive free agency and we overpay or something. And we let's say we get Rodney Hood for like fifteen million a <laughs> year or eighteen or something like that. So then we're rolling into next year with like Dennis and Rodney Hood and Barnes and Ayton and like Dirk or something and I feel like a lot of fans would say we're not good enough to be in the top tier of the West. Tank again. Do we still have Nerlens? Then do they still have Nerlens? <laughs> stop it!
0: No, so, like, please. When... Do they?
1: Because no. I'm on board. So, no, they don't. Okay, so, no, I'm out. So when when does it stop? And that's what I'm saying. Like when does the tanking stop? When does your mindset say, well, you know what, we're not with the Rockets or Warriors, nothing like that. So pff, let's just tank again and tank again and tank again. Like when does it stop? Do we say? like at some point you got to push for it and even like the playoffs I think I think even the game of like Damian Lillard of him get, getting to the playoffs and stuff even though they, they know that they're not on that level they know but still the playoffs I think has did him wonders in his development over the past 5 years and I think that that could do do that for Dennis and so yeah I'm not going to I, I I think it has to end this year, like Cuban said. And there's like I said, like there's some timing of him saying that we're we're done tanking. You know, this is going forward with that. But yeah, this summer gonna be uh, this summer will be remembered in franchise history for a long time. Whoa!
0: If they play the summer right, if they play the free agency game like he said, if they get you know a player, I think
1: either way, I think if they strike out, it'll be remembered as like the big like what if like. Why didn't they overpay for Jabari Parker? Why didn't they throw max money at Boogie? You know, if they don't for some reason, what it, like that was the summer that they had all the cap space that, you know, you're if you don't land somebody now, you know, it gives teams another year to start clearing up more space, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, stuff like that, and to where like, you you might not be in that spot again. So even if it's good or bad, I think it will be remembered for a while. That's, it's a lot of money for Demarcus
0: Cousins, but if if they play if they play this summer right, I would I could be totally I could see a scenario where I'm totally fine that they they don't you know try to tank again next year or they don't like you know stealth tank <laughs> or organic. Like there's no way they're going to
1: land from. this. There's no way they're going to land in free agency this year that's going to put them as the third or fourth seed in the West. I
0: mean, no, I mean, no, I I totally agree with that too. Obviously, this team is not built that way. But what I'm saying is I don't want this team to. Let's say they they make the playoffs next year, and I think that at that point that's their peak; that they're not going to get any better. That I, that this team is kind of tapped out as being the seven or 8th seed. You know, like there's a scenario I think that could
1: happen where it's that. Uh, like, well, see, I don't think there could be because I think you could look at it and say, like, let's just let's just throw names. Like, how hypothetically, let's say yeah. they get boogie and free agency and draft Luca. I don't, and they they're like the seventh seed in the West next year, and they get put out in the first round. I don't think you can sit there and say they've tapped out because it's Luca's first year, it's Dennis's second year, so they're going to grow as players. Then you look at figuring out the rest of your roster. Then West comes off your books going into the summer of 2019, figuring out like how who's who can pair with Luca and you know Dennis and all that stuff. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think you can make that call of tapping out when your two biggest cornerstones, youngest ones, are in their first and second years. So yeah,
0: in a scenario like that, let's say they get DeMarcus Cousins, and he's still effective, but it looks like he's he's lost a step. It looks like he yeah. can't get to the next level. And let's say they draft like Aiton, and Aiton comes in, and Aiton looks like a rookie. And Aiton, you know, we don't really know if his game's going to actually – translate well you know to the game where they get bagley or somebody and bagley just you know he's productive at the beginning but you kind of feel like he's sort of a rudy gay type where you're like okay this guy he's he doesn't have the ceiling that we that we thought maybe he has so that's that's what i'm saying i think that kind of scenario where you're like okay this team like performed as optimally as they can and then you're still looking at just dennis's potential trying to take them to the next step that's that's kind of the scenario that i am worried about for this team. I think that, I don't think that's a likely scenario. I think that they have, they, like you said, they have a lot of assets. They have this draft pick. That's going to be really great. They have a second round pick. That's going to be essentially a first round pick. I mean, that could be Josh Hart. Who's a rotation player. That could be Kuzma. Who's, you know, could potentially be an all-star someday. Like that could be a really, really good player.
1: And still don't, still don't forget about that Cavs pick. that went to the Lakers. If the Lakers are truly swinging for the fences, they're going to need all the cap space they want. So, a trade that makes perfectly sense is our two second rounders to move up for that Cavs pick again. And that's like 25 again. Would it be worth it? You know, would it be worth it for Dallas to give up their 32nd pick and the, the Blazers pick they got, trade, you know, to move up, to get that Lakers pick at 25 or you know, the Cavs pick that the Lakers, own. Sure. you know, something like that. Like I could see them moving to the 20 spot or something, you know, somewhere around through there in the first round. And yeah, I mean, it's like you said, like, as long we as they see. don't pick Grayson Allen, that's all. Dear God, don't even get me started. I started this piece last week. Of, oh, since, you
0: have that's so funny.
1: Since we have two two second round picks, and you know, like obviously, like some of the, like okay, we might look at wings, and I, so I've been looking at a bunch of second round prospects and stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, I just realized Grayson Allen's a wing, and he's projected going a second round, and we have two picks. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and man, he's a white guard. <laughs> Stop it. I can't do it. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth is better than Grayson Allen right now.
0: Wow.
1: No, I was just kidding. Wow. Actually, I don't know. I might believe that. But, wow. You know. I'm tweeting that right now.
0: Right this moment. <laughs> I'm tweeting it. Continue. Stall for me while I tweet this.
1: So I got a question. Um, are you rooting for losses for the rest of the year?
0: I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I never like root for wins and losses. I don't know. If, I'm not like. Oh yeah, you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, I'm not like a huge fan. You know. You know what I mean. Like it, it's kind of different for me. I don't want to pull the it's different card, but it is different. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am hoping for losses though.
1: Now somebody so I'm tweeted hoping for was a better it, draft pick. Was it Jack? Was it Jack? Jack's our boy. Shout out to Jack. Uh, I think I think Jack tweeted and it's like shorter hey, in person
0: you know. than I expected.
1: Are we gonna get a new uh, a new <laughs> member of Team Tank? And uh, no, Jack, you're not gonna get a new. No, member not of Team not Tank. an
0: Isaac, not for sure. But maybe uh, in, in Cuban, <laughs> you got one.
1: I'm ride or die. No, but here, here's the thing: is like why it's so difficult for some of us. And like I know Nick says, yeah, I want losses and stuff. But like I know Nick well enough that he probably wouldn't say that in front of a player's face. And we get to see. Yeah. No, like, I would not. We we get to, like we, we get to see that we have relationships and just like I told you the other night, like I sat in the locker room after the game with Barnes until eleven o'clock and we were just sitting there talking about life. I was doing a story with him too, but we were just talking about life in general about some nonprofit stuff I do here in Dallas, whatever, and like just knowing like we know the stuff that these players go through and like all this stuff and it's it just it's it's difficult for us to say Lose, 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 lose. And while we have a relationship with some of these guys, and, and I think it's even really difficult for like Carlisle, too. Like, I think you might see a, different, a difference in, you know, you know, it's easier for Cuban to set back management. You know, yeah. This is where you see the different branches of, of
0: and, an organization. And he's been less around the, the team, at least, you know, from my perspective. I don't know if from a team perspective, but he's been around the team less than normal.
1: Yeah. You know, like, for him to say, yeah, we're tanking like, all this stuff. But then you see the other night, like, Rick Carlisle after the game saying, we're going to win the winnable games. And then they're like, hey, what does winnable mean? And he says, you know, go find Mark. Mark's here. Why don't you talk to him? He meant McGuire. Mean, you know he meant Aguire. <laughs> does that mean, like, you know – Rick's not about it, you know, and like Mark, you know, like, is that a coach is so, never going to be about it ever. Yeah. So like, no that's, coach that's where ever you say, like that you that almost have happened. to, like, if you have to pick sides and stuff, like obviously I'm going to go with the coach and players because I like, we have a relationship with those guys and I'm not going to say, lose, you, you know, you should lose, you should lose and walk in there and be happy and stuff, whatever. Like these guys have been doing this, you know, stuff and Paxton and doing all these things and trying to win and working their butts off to make fans happy. And you know we're rooting for losses and stuff, and that's I, I, I just can't be team tank, and that that's the that's personal level, and we're not even including what I was saying while we go as far as how I don't I don't believe the tanking works, and it's not guaranteed. and I gave you all my draft picks and all that crap.
0: Definitely not guaranteed, and I am conflicted. You know, you, like you have to be. All those things that you said are completely valid, and you have to be if you're if you talk to the players, if you're around the team, you know what losses do to them, and you have dark
1: man. Like,
0: it's it. Like, that that alone will make me not. you see tank. Dirk
1: walk into the locker room after, after his shower, after he gets done playing 35 minutes, and he's got his towel. He doesn't really walk. Him. He, he kind of like his leg, he
0: swings one leg and swings another yeah, leg. Yeah, like they barely bend, <laughs> and
1: he's like, All right, uh, you guys ready? And he's like, Man, you know, we fought hard tonight, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just like, You're one of the greatest players to ever play this game, and like what he's give, given to this city. And I know a lot of listeners are sitting there saying, "Hey, it's just part of the business." Like, okay, whatever. You know, it, it's just it's, it. Yeah, come a, come a- back and say that when you gave up a hundred million dollars for this team. Yeah, and, and a lot of y'all probably want to, want to be in the house for Dirk's last game too. So, shout out. But oh, by the way, his last game is going to be at the
0: end of this year. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I've no. I don't.
1: I don't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of funny because you know media has left it alone pretty much. I mean, I think that. Well, because the, cause the thousand, big
0: is a big story that came out that he was gonna. He was definitely gonna come back next year. I
1: think that's just I would, the thing I would that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say definitely. I. I still wouldn't say definitely. I think. I think there's a good chance, but I wouldn't say definitely at all. I mean, I think even, they're planning on it. The other day, uh, you know, he said. He said pretty clear. He's like, you know, I signed – this is after the Kings game on Tuesday night. Well, that was, you know, that was he, a debacle. Anybody would have retired after that game. I think Harrison Barnes was thinking about retiring after that game. He he was asked about it, and he said, you know, when I signed for two years, I, I signed with the intention to plan out the two years. And he said, but it's a decision I will make over the summer. I'm going to sit down with the people close with me, sit down with my family over the summer, and we'll make the decision together. And so he's not committing to it. And, and like we, I've said on the podcast before, Dirk has always been open. Even uh, Mark, even Donnie at his press conference the other day, when he was talking about, you know, Dirk, he said, you know, Dirk's not the showboat type of guy. He's not going to want the walk-off Cinderella story. So if you go on that route, Unless it's all set. Well, it's all setting that up for next year, you know? Like if Dirk doesn't want that, but everybody's saying one more year. So if he doesn't want it, the. The logical thing for the least amount of media attention would be him hanging it up this summer, and it got all, you know he got all of us by saying, "Oh, we just thought he was coming back, ne- you know, next year," and he's like, "Gotcha. I was planning on leaving all along. I just didn't want y'all to do a, a farewell tour tour like Kobe." This is
0: interesting. I don't know if Dirk is actively thinking about what the media is going to do and making that influence his
1: his decision at all. I just don't think that's a thing. No, I don't. I don't think he wants. He doesn't want the farewell tour like Kobe got. No, but I don't think he,
0: I also don't think in the same way he's actively thinking about what the media or what the reaction is going to be when he does it. He's just thinking about what's going to be good for him. No, 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 not
1: the reaction. Not the reaction. But if he came out today and said, I'm retiring at the end of this year, it immediately becomes, uh, I mean, the circus will come to You're talking
0: about how he does it, I'm talking about when.
1: Yeah, well, and it depends too. Like the rest of this year would be all about everywhere he'd go, like arenas. He doesn't want that, you know. Like he doesn't want the the drama around it. To where, like, if he like, let's just say it plays out. That's just not something the, he would do anyway. Like that. But he, like, let us just say it plays out, and then in the summer he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come back. You know, come back next year for another year. Instantly, next year becomes his farewell tour. Are we correct? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, and then all the stuff happens. The, all the stuff that a lot of people are saying he doesn't want to happen. Every home, you know, away team he's going to go to, they're going to try to give him gifts. It's going to become the running theme all year. So if he <laughs> wants it, we want to do that. I would love to be able to see that, see Dirk Honored. We
0: should do a pod or a post that's like all the gifts we think that certain cities or teams would give him. <laughs> like, didn't Derek Jeter get a chair from like Philadelphia or something random? Like Derek
1: Jeter got the most rand, are, the random gifts. Some of those gifts get dumb, but no. I mean, as a media perspective, we want we would love to see it. As a fan perspective, I would love he to the, see him honored. He
0: goes to Milwaukee and they give him like cheese curds, like
1: some stupid. <laughs> but does it's it's a matter of what how <laughs> Dirk wants to walk away from the game.
0: He goes to Michigan and they give him a jar with the the sand and the water from
1: the Great Lakes. <laughs> he just drops it and smashes it. <laughs>
0: Into the basket. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. That's a that's a completely different conversation and story. But the Mavericks are tanking. Uh, they're act they're tanking. And we use that word all the time. They're not actively trying to win. <laughs> actively not trying to win games, uh, or not actively not trying to do their best during games, or at least that's what Cuban has. Said that it is the best option. The other part of this this whole thing is that he said, "Look, losing is our best option." He explained all the whole plan. It doesn't say what their reaction was besides that they hated it. It doesn't say that they were like, "Okay, yeah, let's do that." You know, like what no. what's Cuban going to do to stop Carlisle in the middle of a game from like, you know, putting JJ Barea in the, in the fourth quarter to try to win a game? You know, like what is he going to do at that point? Or, you know, everybody could have been. I'm bored at the dinner, but then later you're like, you get in the game and and you're saying, you know, players aren't going to change what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I think you'll just see like rotations change. I think you'll see guys like Kyle Collinsworth get a lot of minutes. You'll see, you know, whoever they bring up for that other roster spot get more minutes. I think you'll just see minutes go down, and that will be the most obvious thing. You'll start seeing people like JJ, you know, start setting out some games. West, we've already seen that. that a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know how much Dirk would do it. Um
0: He's done it once so far, and that was yeah. that was a little bit of an injury thing, but
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how much he'll do that for the rest of the year, but we'll see. I mean, there's only 20 something games left. So it's crazy where this season's went. We will definitely see. There's 24 games left, 25 games left. Yeah.
0: That's it. That's all we got in this season, guys. And then it's summer, and then this is a big summer, man. This is, I mean, all the pieces we're going to write, all the podcasts we're going to do about this summer. You guys are going to get, you guys are going to be sick of hearing about this summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have the chance to add. I mean, I think there is a very well. They have no. the two
0: pieces, of, the two main pieces in place that you need. They have a high draft pick. They have a. You know they have cap space and they have some tradable assets. Yeah, those are the three things.
1: I mean that's why when you look at the look at the rest of the teams at the top of the draft in the top five or six, look at those t- those six teams that'll be picking in the top five or six in the draft. Then look at their cap space. Then look at the supporting cast they have, and compare Dallas to them. Like when you look at the Hawks, like who who are the Hawks building around? They're looking for their first centerpiece right now. They're act, they were actively
0: looking for people to trade for Dennis Schroeder.
1: Yeah, so like Barnes is already better than every player on their team, and like Dennis Smith wow, is shots building, fired at Mike Muscala. <laughs> Dennis Smith is a, is a, a great building block that we already have. They're going into the summer with cap space and without no building block, and Dennis Schroder's their best player. Like their their rebuild is a long ways away. <laughs> I would say Torian Prince is like a
0: good player to kind of you know build with. He's like I don't know, but he's more of like a Yogi Ferrell like level. Yeah, you know? I mean, he,
1: I, yeah, he should be kept. He's a player you like, keep around, but you know, it's yeah. not
0: like they don't have any like keepers. But
1: and then, I mean, so like when you look at that, would you say Harrison Barnes is better than everyone on the Magic?
0: Oh yeah, yeah no, no, uh. Yes, probably.
1: Yeah, and then would you say Dennis is a better long-term prospect than anyone on the Magic? <sighs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so like, and then unless so you like get a coach then, that
0: can figure out Aaron Gordon, because Aaron Gordon could be—I mean, that I guy, like
1: Jonathan Isaac.
0: Yeah, but I don't. I even don't. I didn't even like him in the draft coming up better than Dennis. Yeah.
1: So like, that's what I'm saying. Like Dallas compared to these teams at the top of the draft, like we got more going for us with our cap space, with another draft pick, and we still got you know couple guys with Barnes and you know Dennis and stuff so yeah Dallas I think Dallas could could we say at the top of our heads Dallas could has the possibility to have the biggest win differential next season Oh
0: for sure especially with the clutch game situation you you're assuming yeah. that Dennis is going to get better at that you're assuming Barnes is going to get better at that you're assuming the team as a whole is going to get better I mean like what are they 8 and 25 in clutch games <laughs> you swing 10 of those games all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're 18 and, and you know 15 like you know in clutch games and then that's essentially the Mavericks have a winning record <laughs> yeah you know I mean <laughs> it's not that much difference that could you know swing this whole this whole thing
1: yep yeah, so the summer is gonna summer's gonna be uh, a big summer for Dallas
0: are you glad that Cuban said these things
1: yeah I think, I think it gives the fan base something to talk about. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it just clears it up for, for Mavs fans. I think it gives a lot of fans hope. Uh, that, yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. As far as, you know, a lot of us have been building up this summer and to hear him confirm it, to hear him say, you know, this is the last time we're tanking, guys. Like, bear with us, pretty much. <laughs> bear with us, you know, 20-something more games. This is the last time we're going to be tanking. But, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it one bit. And and there there's purposes behind it. So, like, I don't mind it one bit. Me either. Guys, thank
0: you so much for listening to Locked on Mavericks. Again, I hey, am. Hey, can I
1: plug something? Oh, of course. I got a piece coming out of com over the next uh, day or so, sometime this week before Ooh. the Lakers game. And uh, it's like 2,000 words. It's one of my favorite pieces I've worked on. Um, I love stories like this. So it's on the whole background like of Doug and Harrison and Ames Iowa and it's it's fun. I enjoy oh, writing. Good. It. You weren't and looking
0: forward to writing that and I'm, I'm glad that it completely changed.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I got this set down with them both and we spent a good amount of time with each other and laughed and everything. I'll I'll tease it with this who got the most who got the girls in high school I, I told you this i asked barnes i said so who got the girls he said well i mean i was locked down i got a girlfriend he said but man everybody wanted mcbuckets man <laughs> he said he was fabio <laughs> he was fabio <laughs> uh, so anyway i'll leave you with that so make sure you check there's it a sports University
0: illustrated Com. cover that completely confirms all of that <laughs> yes nick sent it to me it was the greatest as soon as he sent me that that quote i tweeted i texted him the uh, the sports illustrated cover <laughs> so good all right guys so go check that out at maps.com coming out soon and uh then you can check out my piece at maps moneyball about this whole situation with cuban's comments and everything i'm going to try something new so everybody on the podcast if you go check out my article tomorrow at noon central time at Mavs Moneyball. I'm going to record me reading the article and so that you guys can go there and you can listen to it instead of having to read it. I, gener- I, I think this is a good idea and I think people should do this. I've been told that other people have tried it and it didn't work, but I think this is a really good idea. Like Audible, basically, like reading, like, like you know, people reading a book to you, but in article form. And so I think this can really work. I think this could be something that'll change, you know. That people could do going forward. So, give me some feedback. DM me. My DMs are always open. Uh, you know, tweet me. You Slide guys know
1: into those DMs.
0: <laughs> at Nick Van Exit. You can can let me know what you guys think about it. You can even comment on the article itself. Just go to Maps Moneyball. Sign in with your SB Nation profile. Comment on the article. Be part of the conversation. But let me know what you think about it, and uh, we'll see if that's something I want to do going forward. I'm going to do it for the rest of this season, just to
1: you know, try to work out the kinks. But let me know what you think about it. I think it's an awesome idea. I'm looking forward to it, especially if you can sound like Morgan Freeman. Well, uh, spoiler alert, I don't think I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, I think it's a cool idea, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of people that say, at least I tell myself, I look at it and I say, man, I haven't got around to reading that yet, whenever there's plenty of times in the car, I'm listening to podcasts, whatever. Or if you're at work and you're working a job that you can have headphones like me that's what n- i
0: have i have a day job where i can do that
1: so like, there's no oh i can't i don't have to look at my phone you can just push play and hear the whole article that he's written so i, I think it's pretty cool idea.
0: yeah so we'll see how it works uh i'm expecting it to fail miserably for it to oh, just be it. awkward <laughs> no i'm just kidding all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Locked Mavericks again. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit, You can follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris, and you can uh, help him become even more viral. The tweet is still going. You're still getting you're still getting action on the Fergie
1: tweet. Guys, the impressions is at like eight point something million right now, and my impressions my is
0: like, like how many people have seen it scrolling past their Twitter feed. That I mean, I that's have, a lot.
1: Guys, listen. I've had friends across the country that got friends i went to seminary with here in dallas that lives in ohio near cleveland that texted me tonight and i haven't talked to him in like months Mm -hmm. and he's like bro i just read a bleach report article and i saw your face and i'm like what in the world and so it's of all stupid tweets but yeah it's still going it's still locking up my twitter app on my phone so enjoy that and nick i just picked up my phone and nick literally did Tweet out that Kyle Collinsworth... I'm gonna get well, I would say i would I'm gonna get roasted for it, but I can't even see so if you, apology for anyone who's writing me or anything on Twitter, my notifications just stays at twenty plus, so I don't even I can't even see like who's writing me and stuff like actual people I know.
0: You're has, too has famous, too me? viral
1: for us. no, as literally. I've gained almost 200 followers in 24 hours. Just be- just because of. <laughs> and I tweeted something I said, I said, man, this Fergie tweet you know, is dumb. I tweet this out and it does this. And literally like, a couple of people were at me and said, well, that's the only reason I followed you. Like, <laughs> like, <okay>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got one response for the uh, Kyle Collinsworth is better than right now, the Grayson Allen tweet. Our guy Nick Nepic from uh, 105.3 The Fan. He's gonna come on the pod eventually talk about okay. draft stuff. He said, well, he is an NBA player. So I think he
1: agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm talking about let's go all
0: right guys thank you so much for listening to locked Up maps
1: peace out boom